Are we rolling? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the world on the rocks. I'm Jesse. Um, I'm Ariel. <laughs> yes, very good. We're off to a great start. Uh, we're going to talk about the end of the world. Let's see. What what have you got for me today? What are we going to be talking about? Um, I'll be talking about giant meteor. Giant meteors. We're just going to get killed by a massive meteor hurtling towards Earth okay. at unknown speeds. Fascinating. Look, how why would why would we not know the speed? It's too fast. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I have a great a great cult for you today. There's the cat hair in my wine. Uh, there we go. Got it out. Disgusting. Yeah. So this is the Order of the Solar Temple, or in its original Ooh. French, Ode du Temple Solaire. How's that? <laughs> How's that wine? Uh, it's a little flat. It's champagne. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a little bit hungover, so I will not be partaking in the in the on the rocks part. Drinking some water. Yeah. See, I'm okay. the world. You're on the rocks. I'm on the rocks. Yeah. Okay. So Fair enough. This is the podcast where I nurse my hangover <laughs> while you drink. Great. So, our story is set, uh, 1984, with Joseph de Mambro and Luc Jure. Getting uh, secretive and spooky in Switzerland. Demombro number five. Demombro number five. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what went through my head when I read his name for the first time. But I was uh, I was afraid. So thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> I was afraid to make the pun. <laughs> yeah. For once in my life. <laughs> yeah, so, you, should, you should be fearful more often. <laughs> so Demombro... <laughs> Uh, was born in 1924, so he's he's the main person that we're going to be talking about here. Uh, he was raised Catholic, and uh, he starts delving into occultism in the 1950s. So when he's like 30s, he's having a midlife crisis. He starts doing occult stuff, <laughs> like doing rituals and whatnot. Uh, he became a member of the ancient and mystical order Rosé Cru- Crucis, which is like sort of like the Freemasons, but for some reason, doesn't have, like, quite as negative of a, like, connotation to it. It's like, you hear the Freemasons, it's like, ugh, those guys, that secret society, what are they hiding? But these, the Rosé Crucis, they seem alright. Because, <laughs> you know, as far as cult goes, they're, they're yeah. okay. He was, he was with that crowd for a while, and then he goes and founds his own Golden Way Foundation, with uh, the teachings positing that the universe was going to undergo some kind of change when the new age arrives. And he was preparing himself and his followers to pass their bodies and spirits into the new world. Demombro meets uh, Luc Jure here and sees potential in him to be a good spokesman. So they meet at uh, Demombro's Golden Way Foundation in Geneva, 1984, and they team up. So the foundation approves and finances Demombro. Uh, just moving to Canada. He's like, you know what? I like everything that's going on. Where but I I think it should be going on in Canada instead. Where did he live before? Switzerland. <laughs> so, uh, Jure and Demombro found the Order of the Temple Sun. They moved to Canada, changed the name of the organization, with uh, Demombro acting as, like, the behind-the-curtain. He's the one actually calling the shots, you know, controlling everything, while uh, Jure is, uh, like, the... the public face. He's the spokesperson. And uh, he goes and does uh, lectures. He's on radio shows. 
So he's doing a whole bunch of public things uh, throughout France, Switzerland, Canada, and uh, you know, just being the, being the smiley, the smiley face of a the, you know the fresh new cult. Proud sponsor. Proud sponsor. They have a structure. They're they're very organized, and this is how they did it. The the first tier is um called Amanta. As far as I know, that doesn't mean anything. It's just a word. They just like the way it sounds, I guess. At that tier, they're disseminating the group's philosophy. They're offering lectures across the Americas and in Spain, France, and Switzerland. They draw in large numbers because it's the 80s. Lots of cult stuff, lots of mysticism, new age. Like People are interested in listening, but not that many actually end up joining. And people that do join could get the opportunity to move up to the next tier, which is called Arcadia. Which, uh, after learning all the basics, uh, the participants are invited there to be provided with advanced knowledge. To move towards a higher consciousness, which it always it always baffles me when I hear that phrase, like a higher consciousness. Like, are they all just sitting in a room, like doing shrooms or something? Like, what? Right. What do they? What constitutes a higher consciousness, and what would? How would you even know that you've reached it? I don't think you would. Even if you could reach a higher consciousness, I don't think it would be like a snap thing that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, like nothing works that way. Elevate your mind, girl. So when they've um they finally you know reached a higher consciousness they they watched Rick and Morty their IQ is really high <laughs> um they can move up to the international uh, knighthood organization ooh and they get access to special publications so like special books that only only their club have you know, honestly I'm interested I'm hearing this third tier show me the books yeah show me the books when we will talk nothing gets me going like a special publication. <laughs> So they also get uh, initiation rituals that are exclusive to that that level. Are we talking like hazing? Are we talking? Like- I'm talking like they're in a room, LARPing, like wearing robes and like night stuff. <laughs> like okay, just picture a crusader. Yeah. Like they're dressed like that in a room, dark, candlelit, oh. chanting stuff. Like maybe drinking symbolic liquids. <laughs> Not necessarily communion, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So like, it's like that, like that. When I say ritual, like that's the sort of setting we're talking about. Okay, so like old timey ritual, not like not like not like initiation. Go shotgun twelve beers, bro. You gotta drink a gallon of milk and then barf it into the <laughs> neighbor's bushes. <laughs> no, you have to barf it into the chalice that they pass around. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh my god. We got this hazing thing figured out. We gotta get some people. To do this too. <laughs> shove a carrot in your ass. Ew. And then put it in the chalice for oh, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <That> anyway. <laughs> well, with each of those levels, you get uh, expensive purchases and initiation fees for advancing. So you get to pay them money for being oh, part of the club. What an honor. And so that's like they're having to buy like jewelry and gifts and stuff. You can't be a knight unless you got the bling. To, to prove it. So using this method from uh, 1984 to 1990, the membership peaked at 442 members. That's still a lot. So that is quite a bit. Not as much as uh, as Ohm, but they're not small. <laughs> Era. Not small. Not small. <laughs> That's uh, the academic way to say it. <laughs> not small. This was a very not small group of people. Exactly, exactly. Very scientific terms. You 
was here. <laughs> Where is my Nobel Prize? <laughs> Alright, so, now to get into the nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty. So, DeMambro presented himself to members as a representative of higher beings, and uh, he's essentially like, divine walkie-talkie that's not his words that's my words but like he was sending and receiving messages from these higher beings oh jesus was just a, a walkie-talkie <laughs> <laughs> a divine walkie-talkie a divine walkie-talkie man God. mary gave birth to, to the divine walkie-talkie the divine facetime <laughs> so he received messages during like the group ceremonies he also claimed to have been a Knight Templar in a previous life in the 14th century. Another part of uh, his claims that I'm not entirely sure what it means, but uh, his daughter was the Cosmic Child. Did he have a daughter, actually? He did have a daughter. Okay. And a son. I'll talk about the son here in a minute. But uh, the daughter is the Cosmic Child. Very important, apparently, although I couldn't find anything else about that incredibly important, <clears throat> yes. but no information whatsoever. I mean, I, it, granted, I'm not an expert at research. <laughs> I could have just not looked in the right place or for the right thing, but Cosmic Child. <laughs> I think that's our Cosmic Brownie right now. Yeah, brownies are good. I want a brownie right. So here's the important thing. They were going to be led to a planet orbiting Sirius after death. Yes. That's actually the, the frequency that they were going to ride to get there, Sirius XO. So I looked into it. I don't know if it was like very widely known at the time because it was like the 90s. But as far as I could tell, there's no planets orbiting Sirius. So like it's a real star system, but there's like two, possibly a third star there. So it's like even if there was a planet, it would be like way too hot because of all the, you know, the stars and shit. Space audience would be so much. Right? I already die in the summer. I couldn't yeah. even imagine. And we only have one. And it's so far away. <laughs> and it still causes me so much pain on a daily basis. Raise your hand if you've ever been antagonized by the sun. <laughs> Timely Mean Girls reference. Yes. Alright, where was I? Okay, so there's no planets in the Sirius system, even though that's where they said they were going. But points for trying to be believable, because it was like an actual place in the sky that he'd point at. I'd be like, that's where we're going, guys. Yay! Now... Over to Jure. That's what DeMambro's been up to. So Jure develops a Christ complex. He, he also became extremely horny. Do you have any thoughts about that? Very horny Jesus. Very horny Jesus. Uh, he had sex with a female member before each and every ritual. Yeah, that's so messed up. That's so messed up. That's sad. You're like, yeah, I'm God. Let me put my dick in you. Just because I'm God. You'll like it. It's fine. It's not small. <laughs> it's not small. I'm just I'm at a loss. It's not small. Oh god, it's not small. <laughs> oh my god. So he uh he had sex to um recharge his energy for the rituals. Is what well, that was what he claimed. So he was like, Hey girl, I need that energy can you recharge my dick it's like <laughs> your vagina's the power source i need <laughs> yeah your, your, your pussy is the energizer bunny of my life <laughs> girl your pussy the energizer bunny in my life it just keep on going <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh my god, okay. Oh, I, we need I to need make to... a card line. Valentine's Day card line. <laughs> Keep on going. Just really obscure, oh, shit. inappropriate references. Yes. We would make a fortune. I agree. <laughs> now, I mentioned that Demombro had a son. So his name is Eli, or maybe Ellie. It's E-L-I-E. So I'm not sure, not sure how the I-E is pronounced. I think it's Eli. That's just what I'm going to say. So, Eli discovers that the the, the quote-unquote visions uh, experienced by many members during rituals were just uh, special effects and holograms. Ooh. So he was like, I guess, just dicking around in the ritual room. And he, like, uncovers a projector and he's like, What the fuck? None of it's real! And uh, so he... This is feeling like a Scooby-Doo story right now. Yeah? Yeah. It was his dad all along. Yeah. Oh, what? Old Man Jenkins, uh, Man Demombro. I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> if but it wasn't for my meddling son. And that damn dog. I really hope he had a dog. Yeah. Just so that. Just so that that's a more accurate statement. Yeah, yeah. How fun would it be if it was the dog that helped him uncover it? <laughs> like the dog knocked over something and revealed the projector. Yeah. Or like accidentally turned it on. Oh, oh god. Okay, so he, he reveals all of this to like as many people in the call as he can. And it only leads to 15 people leaving. <laughs> so they have 400 people, and they're like, and yeah, this is all hogwash, and they're like, mm, I'm still gonna stay. Yeah. So I do have a quote uh, from a member. So while uh, many people did stop donating as much money after that came out, a lot of them just like genuinely believe it, despite the fact that it was smoke and mirrors and holograms. So uh, the quote... The member was anonymous, but it was a member of the Temple Sun. I personally believe in a cosmic law. I believe that messages were received 2,000 years ago, and I am striving to live by them. I believe in a life ethic that my parents taught me, and that I am working hard to apply. I believe in a consciousness that I am capable of finding. If I follow this path, I can't go wrong. And these claims, whether true or false, will not derail me from what I must do. I will continue to work in the Order and for the mission for as long as you need me, and I am able to do so. Like, if that doesn't scream conviction, I don't know what does. Yeah, that's... He's in it to win it. That's pretty, like, well-worded for, like, an off-the-cuff quote. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not usually eloquent unless I have time to, like, write it down. Exactly. I'd be like, uh, my mom raised me all right. <laughs> uh, I think I'll stay here. I think I believe it. <laughs> and then I'd be like, bye. <laughs> that could have been much shorter. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So with the, these strongly held convictions in mind, uh, the concept of transit is introduced in the early 90s to describe the voluntary departure to another planet to create a new world. And then they go and do it. They go to the new world? In a way. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. So uh, October 4th, 1994. <laughs> In uh, Morin Heights, Quebec, uh, police arrive at a fire. Two charred bodies identified as Colette Ro Rochat and Jerry Genot. Two days later, the bodies of two adults and a baby were found in a closet in the same cottage. So five dead. Tony Dutois, who left and denounced the group in Demombro when the holograms were revealed, was uh, murdered around September 30th, so a few days earlier, with his wife, Suzanne, and their infant son, Emmanuel. So, Tony and his wife were both stabbed, but uh, that uh, Emmanuel 
having being dubbed the Antichrist, that wasn't good enough. Just being regular stabbed was not enough. The Antichrist? The Antichrist, like the negative Jesus. So, so he's just like, the dad is just like a member who left, who renounced. Yes. And then they, then they just sit, call his child the Antichrist because he left? Yep. Nice. Very rational. <laughs> so the, does the Antichrist live for our sins? Yes, I live. Opposite. I live for your sins, King. (laughs) (laughs) There's, uh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. This uh, infant baby. Just say it. Yeah, wrapped in a plastic bag and staked in the chest. Mm. Yup, that's that's appropriate. It's an appropriate reaction to most things. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm just. If you actually think you have a supernatural baby on your hands, like, why would you expect just a a wooden stake to do it. And honestly, even that is a lot of trouble to go through to kill a baby. Did it, like, die from suffocation? Did, did it die before they stabbed it? Or is it just, like, not known? They just, they found a baby with a stake coming out of it. Um, I imagine they just, like, maybe the bag was to just, like, contain the mess? I don't know. Just to contain the, all the demon. All the gooey baby insides. See, that's the plastic's where it, where it comes in, because plastic mm. is an antichrist repellent. Is it? So you wrap it in it. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go with the plastic. <laughs> I suppose. But yeah, it's like, it's not difficult to kill a baby. Like, people do it accidentally all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you shake a baby too much. If you, you know, it can roll over in its sleep. Or you roll over on it. If you have it on your bed for some reason. Like, or you could be like this girl I went to high school with who hit a baby that she was babysitting in the head and it died. What? And she went to prison. <laughs> it was great. I love my high school. <laughs> Enough about dead babies. Yeah, we talk about dead babies for much too long. Well, let's talk about some dead older people. Hell yeah. So in Shiri, Switzerland, uh, there's another house house fire. As well as in uh, Grange sur Salvant. There's 23 dead in Shiri and 25 in Salvant. They were most likely all killed the day before either being sedated and then shot in the head or just being poisoned. They were positioned on the floor in star formations, so like they were all circling the room like with their feet towards the center in the shape of a star. Jure and Demambro are among the dead. Oh. So, uh, so far our death count is uh, 53. 12% dead. 12, <laughs> 12%. Okay. Out of the, out of like 400 people you mean. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. A couple months later. So this, that was the day after the, um, the fire in Quebec. So October 4th, Morin Heights. They found that cabin with the, the five burned bodies. And then uh, the next day in Switzerland, there's two fires in two nearby towns. Now, December 15th, a couple months later, uh, 16 more people, three of which are children, are immolated on a plateau in uh, Vercors, France. 14 of the 16. Um, I'm not intelligent. We don't know what immolated means. Set on fire. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so 14 of the 16 ingested sedatives and then were shot twice. The remaining two were tasked with uh, making sure everybody else was dead. I wonder if they, like, drew straws, or if, like, one of them was like, yeah, I'll do it. 
like hoping that maybe he would uh, be able to like get out, but then another dude was like, "Yeah, and I'll do it too, just to keep you honest. We'll make we'll both make sure everyone else is dead, and then we'll make sure each other's dead." He was like, "Ah, fucking yeah, sure, great." <laughs> <laughs> so they accomplished all of this uh, by uh, you know after everybody else was you know sedated and then shot twice. They sprayed fl- uh, an extremely flammable liquid on all the bodies, then on themselves, then they lit it all and shot themselves in the head. So, yeah. It's a lot of work. It is a lot to of work. Die. People die falling off of bar stools, and you really gotta, like, sedate people and then have, like, a buddy system and then, like, fire and also guns. It's a lot of theatrics. Well, it's like. You want to make sure it's done, and you want to make sure it's done stylishly. <laughs> you know, because you gotta, you gotta make an impression. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of these people probably this is like what they achieved in life. It's like they were part of this. You know. Yeah, that's kind of sad. It is kind of sad, but like that's you know that was their lot. But we're not done. We're not done. There's 69 dead so far, but we have, uh, but it's not over. So March 22nd, 97. Two years after the leaders are dead, four more members and one of the members' parents committed suicide. A letter explained that they did this to ensure a path to the new world. Oh my god. Like, what the f- Your leaders are already fucking dead, and you're still- right. So people are still following them into death. Oh god, I love how stupid people are. I just love yeah. it. So, Demombro and Jare were quoted talking about uh, the Branch Davidians, which is a cult that I'll probably talk about in the future. From uh, Waco, Texas. So, like, they... Uh, six months before their shit went down, uh, Waco, Texas happened. So I won't get too much into the details of that right now. But they were pissed. Because they were like, Man, this other cult is stealing our thunder. <laughs> they felt like they were kind of a... Uh, some people might pose that they kind of went under the radar because their stuff happened after that. But I just think they didn't dream big enough. Yeah, you know, when... when... When, it gets, when your cult is being overshadowed by another cult, you just gotta up your cult's game, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't give up. You just gotta keep killing more people. Wait, what, what, was the, what was the end of the world part for this? What did they say was like gonna happen if you didn't go to the new age? They just thought the, the universe was gonna transform or something. and like <laughs> Something was gonna happen. Like, it wasn't super specific. Not even, like, timeline-wise. It wasn't super, like, very specific. It was just like... Shit's gonna happen. We gotta get to serious fast. And, uh, no imagination. You can trust me. I'm a knight in a past life. <laughs> you can trust me. I'm a resurrected knight of Templar. Exactly. And my dick is not small. <laughs> it's the holy... <laughs> the holy cock. The cock of God. Stop! <laughs> we... Oh my god. Dead babies and cocks. Why are we stuck on these things? Let's just keep going. <laughs> somebody somebody told me that I need Jesus, and I was like, boy, do I. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so. Anyway. <laughs> so, meteors, huh? Yeah. So that's the end? Oh, yeah, that's it. That, uh, so, oh, 70, so 74? 74 dead. So 74 out of 422. Yep. What uh, was that? So, like, next... Like 18, it was like, 17%, like 15%. 18%. Okay. Oh yeah, one last little quick thing. 
So to put to keep to keep all to keep the scales of each of these cults in perspective, I'm I've started a uh, death count scoreboard. Yes. So uh, currently we have uh, order to uh, f- order the fucking the temple of the sun. <laughs> oh shit! I can't talk about the champagne. It's the fucking temple of the sun. Yeah, the order of the solar temple. Yeah. Uh, Seventy four dead. I. Om Shinrikyo. Uh, Twenty six dead. 54 injured. And then, uh, the Seekers, sweet little Dorothy, didn't kill anybody, so she's placed firmly at the bottom of this list, but I'm keeping <laughs> her there. Firm. I'm keeping her there just so that, you know, we can all just appreciate that not every doomsday cult is filled with death. Anyway, we got meteors. That's what my topic is. So what, what is a meteor? Um, depends. Sometimes. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they're, like, rocks, or sometimes they're, like, mostly ice, or sometimes mm. they're, like, other cold gases, like frozen hydrogen, I don't know. It could be really, it really could be anything. Space is large. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it could really be anything. It's out there. It's out there. Meteors are out there, and they're coming for us. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, Alex Jones. Like, <laughs> Meteors are out there! <laughs> What is the government doing about it? They're fucking coming for us, dude. At unknown speeds, they're going to us. (laughs) Unknown substance, unknown speeds, but they're there. Yes. They're they're waiting. So, what would it, uh, tell me more? (laughs) Basically, okay, so a little history about our viewpoint of meteors. Um, There's not a whole lot of, like, meteor things in like pop culture or whatever until about until like the 80s because in 1980 that's when they um that giant crater that killed the dinosaurs or whatever in the Yucatan yeah they were like zip zopping around with all their tools doing things right and they found traces of like I can't even remember what it was it was traces of the stuff that only comes from meteors apparently so they're like okay meteor hit this bitch killed all the dinosaurs and they confirmed it in 1980 it's like okay so a huge extinction event meteors so, uh, wiped out everything that was like confirmed in 1980 and like ever since then we've had like more a little more movies more like a meteor's gonna hit oh my god we're all gonna die like armageddon great movie bruce willis stupid movie though because like literally how can you send someone to a meteor that is traveling at unknown speeds <laughs> at high speeds and expect them to be able to excavate it from the inside and bust it up, bust it open. <laughs> um, they were oil riggers. That's why they knew how to drill shit. <laughs> Did you even watch Bruce Willis in Armageddon? I've never actually <laughs> seen that movie. I said great movie, but I lied because I've never seen it. I'm so. just, I'm just over He here sacrifices himself at the end, and it's very touching. Spoiler so alert. thank you to respect Bruce Willis. Spoiler. That movie's so old. <laughs> there was a movie in 1958 called um, The Day the Sky Exploded. That was about meteors. But that's like that's like the only film from like back then. Before this like 1980 thing. But then, you know, then we have Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Which, spoiler, they all die. That movie fucked me up because you li- literally they all died. I cried. So I cried for six hours after I left that movie. Fell asleep, woke up, and cried for another three. Oh it fucked me up. The nine hours total crying for how, how long is that movie? <laughs> like an hour and a half. 
Hour forty five. Four hundred percent returns on crying. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I got my money's worth, I guess. Yeah, they, I mean, they all died because if a meteor really was coming at us, we how couldn't long, excavate it. How long did they have in that movie? Like, like a couple weeks. Man, if if they if they come out and tell us like, yeah, the meteor's gonna hit, we're all gonna die. Like, they better just tell me like the day before. Like, I don't want to like think about it for like. It was like weeks. two weeks. I think it was like two or three weeks. Um, man, that movie was crazy. Everyone was just doing all kinds of shit because like, who cares? Everyone's literally gonna die, and um. You know, Steve Carell and Keira Knightley, an un- unlikely pair, find love because of the situation, mm-hmm. you know. And they're they're just trying to feel something before they all die, you know. It's a really, it's a really depressing movie. I, I can't even listen to it. I went over to my friend's house one time and it was playing in the background and I was in the other room waiting for it to end because there was only like 10 minutes left. The worst 10 minutes that I've ever experienced in my life. The last 10 life. minutes. Yeah, horrible. That's when everybody dies. Yeah. And I was crying just listening to it. So, if you're terrified of death, much like myself, and you want to cry for several hours, go for it. It's a great movie. <laughs> um, it came out in 2012. <laughs> I had to try so hard not to do a spit take. <laughs> I mean, in that movie, it was a huge, it was a huge meteor, and everyone dies. Like, they're just laying in bed, and she's like, I'm, I don't want to die. And she, he and Steve Carell's like, I ah, mean, neither, and. They're just staring at each other, and they're both crying, and then I'm gonna cry. And then the screen just goes white. Like, as the meteor's coming closer, as it's about to hit, the screen lightens up, and then it, like, it fades out to white, and then it fades out to black. And I was like, okay. Probably didn't do too hot in the box offices, because no one likes, no one likes a sad movie. Yeah, it's a downer, for sure. Yeah. Everyone like, everyone likes Bruce Willis. They're like, Yeah! Oil riggers saving saving the earth. No one likes well, the. Oh, yeah, fuck, that we're one they, 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 they divert the meteor with a nuclear warhead on them. That's how they do it. <laughs> I'm not, that's not a joke. Oh, <laughs> God, I need to see this movie. But anyway, it's. I mean, it's a possibility that a meteor could hit us. Meteors do hit pretty often, actually, mm. surprisingly, but it's usually they're, in the middle of nowhere, so you don't even know. They're like small, kind of. Even big ones hit, though, and it's just like in uninhabited forest or like in the desert or in Antarctica or in the middle of the ocean so you just like don't ever hear about them. There's probably a lot of meteors that hit. I mean not like a lot. So there is this meteor that hit um, in Russia in February 2013. It was the Chelyabinsk. Chelyabinsk. The Chelyabinsk meteor is the size of a six-story building. And That's- yeah, it's huge. It's a huge meteor. Um, it broke apart 15 miles above the ground, which is good, but also is bad, <laughs> because it generated a shockwave um, when it broke apart, and it was about the equivalent of a 500 kiloton explosion <laughs> just in the air. 15 miles in the air, and this huge explosion happens. It injured 1,600 people, and that meteor was 15 miles in the air and injured that many people. That uh, would have been... Very confused. Yeah, right? Terrifying. Like, you just, you know, sitting sitting at my house in Russia, reading the morning paper with my, you know, morning cup of vodka, and just <laughs> suddenly everything, like, shakes real bad, and, like, my legs are broken or whatever, and, like... Yeah. That's exactly what happened. It's Tuesday. It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Now, like, in 1908, so this, you know, a while ago, it was yeah. a good minute ago. 
there was another meteorite, the Tunguska meteorite. Okay. It was bigger than Chelyabinsk. About ten times more energy than the other one, so 5,000 kiloton explosion. But it was uninhabited forests that it exploded above. It flattened half a million acres. Half a million acres? It flattened half a million acres of this uninhabited forest. 500,000 acres. Yes. And it could have gone unnoticed, you know, just like most meteorites do. But it was so it was so huge that, I mean, obviously they, they knew about it. Because it wasn't too far away from civilization. But a lot of meteors, like, go completely unnoticed. Literally flattened half a million acres. That's terrifying. And that's just the shockwave. That's not even... That's not even, like, the meteor. That's just what happens when it breaks in the atmosphere. The wildest thing to me is, like, anything like that man-made has to be, like, explosive. That's just a falling rock. That's just a falling rock that cracks in our atmosphere. And it just wrecks house. Yeah. Just kills everything. It's insane. There's... So, for, for meteors that have hit... In the last 10,000 years, there have been nine. One is disputed, though. There's arguments whether it's a meteor or if it was um, something that just kind of happened, like wind erosion or water erosion. They can't tell if the crater was meteor-made or if it just happened due to other things. But there definitely eight. Definitely eight, with one being disputed. The most recent one that has actually, like, made a touchdown was, um, it was around 1800. I couldn't find an exact date. In the Rup al-Khali Desert in Saudi Arabia. Okay. It was a kilometer wide. So it's about, or sorry, 0.1 kilometers wide. So roughly 300 feet wide. Which is still, that's really big. 300 feet of a rock. Holy crap. This just blows my mind. Meteors blow my mind. They're so cool. They're so terrifying. And they're so sexy. Yeah. I'm extremely attracted to meteors. I am very horny right now <laughs> talking about this topic. Yeah, I'm feeling myself with this uh, champagne. But, uh, so that's the last 10,000 years. Now, from 10,000 years ago to a million years ago, there's like seven more. Mm-hmm. And then from a million to 10 million years ago, there's like five more. But then like older than 10 million, there's 42. And these are all ones that have been like, hashtag confirmed. Um, I'm worried about the here and the now. Yeah, well, the here and the now, oh man, you don't even know want to know what would hit, what would happen. I do. Terrify me. Okay, cool, because I have a lot of notes on this. Great. <laughs> you don't even want to know, bro. <laughs> but I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Great. For our listeners. So for this, like... What? The, what the fuck is the word? Scenario. Holy shit. <laughs> so for this scenario, um, I used Ceres, which is the largest asteroid in the um, asteroid belt. It's actually considered a dwarf planet. It's so big. Ceres, uh, she is completely made of ice. Like, almost completely made of ice. Basically, the, so I'm gonna do two scenarios. Okay. Because one is just for shits and giggles. Second one is just, it's fun. For, well, they're both terrifying. <laughs> the okay. second one's fun. Wait, okay, so you said one's for shits and giggles and the second one's for fun? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> oh, you know. 
Okay. So, so, so Ceres, she's coming. Alright. She thick. So, once she hits, basically the whole crust of the earth, all the way down to the mantle, just fucked up. Like, all the way down. Will super fucked up. It's gonna set off every single volcano on the earth. Every single one. They will all explode at the same time. Like, once this hits, cracks are happening, things are moving, every single volcano goes off. Absolutely terrifying. It would block out the sun for, like, years, you know? Block out the sun for decades, maybe even centuries, who knows? Perfect. It would just kill everything because there's so much ash is going to be in the air. It's going to cut all the oxygen out of the air. The sun's going to be blocked. All the plant life is going to die. You know, therefore, we're all going to die. You might survive. There's very, very specific conditions that would have to be met for you to survive. First, you'd have to have have to have just like unknown dispensable income, just like a ridiculous amount of dispensable income, because you would have to go super deep down into the earth. You would have to get like a super reinforced metal box thing that you live in. And it would have to have like enough food, enough clean water for you to hopefully wait this thing out. So, I mean, if you're, like, a multi-billionaire, which there are far too many of you out there, if there are any multi-billionaires listening, please give all your money away and then kill yourself. Thank you. Or what if, instead of digging into the ground like an ostrich, we go go into space, like, we orbit the Earth? Do you think that would work? I mean, you'd also have to have, like, a ridiculous amount of money for that, too. I mean, you, it could, it would probably work. I mean... People in the space station probably What about stay fine. living on the moon? Well, that's a whole nother can of worms. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to feel like I have options. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen is you're going to die. You probably don't have options. Because, that's... like most of us, we are poor. Sorry. But yeah, you would, you would have to be stupid rich and be prepared for it. Which, the odds of that happening are so low. So we're just gonna say there's absolutely no chance of survival. Yeah, terrifying. And it would happen so fast. Good. Like, everyone would just probably be dead almost immediately. But now the fun one. This is where it gets fun. Because I just want to know what happened if, for whatever reason, some aliens really wanted to fuck up our lives. Okay. They snag series, series... Yes. Whatever. Series. From the... They just snag her from the belt. They're like, oh, come on, series. We're gonna go for a ride. Let's go wreak havoc on Earth. She's like, okay, sounds fun. Let's go. So they go. Aliens just drop her off right, right at our doorstep at one mile an hour. So she starts falling through the atmosphere one mile an hour. It would take three days. Three days to reach the surface. Would it not accelerate at all? This is in the event the aliens are making her go one mile an hour. Okay. They're keeping her at one mile an hour. This is just for shits and giggles. Got it. (laughs) So she starts falling. She completely breaks apart and falls into rubble and doesn't really do much. But the aliens are also holding her together, so that doesn't happen. So she's... I mean, that's pretty big. Wouldn't it still do something if it, even if it broke apart? Because, like, the other one broke apart and flatten the forest. Yeah, but it wouldn't be like a event. You know? It wouldn't end the world. Yeah, it wouldn't end the world. Okay. It would probably do like crazy amounts of damage, but if it 
breaks apart as soon because it would break apart almost as soon as it entered our gravitational field because the gravity of Earth is way stronger than the gravity of a meteor. Mm-hmm. So breaking apart that far up, it probably wouldn't do anything too catastrophic. It would honestly probably just like break apart. Maybe a few people would be injured. Maybe some things would be destroyed, but it wouldn't be like that big of a deal, you know? Gotcha. But now if the aliens are also controlling her speed and keeping her intact, um, it would take it would take three days to hit the Earth. So the first thing that would happen is Ceres would displace our atmosphere because she's just so fucking big. So Ceres would d- displace our atmosphere because she's so huge. So, like, we would just be having crazy weather. So she would just be, like, breathing our air? No, like, she would, you know, when you put, like, say you put a rock in water and it moves the water out. Mm. That's what, that's what our atmosphere would be doing. So, like, winds would be going insane. So you'd be getting, like, crazy tornadoes, crazy hurricanes, like, tsunamis. I mean, we're talking, like, a maelstrom. Maelstrom. I don't know how to say that word. I think it's maelstrom. Maelstrom. It's a maelstrom. (laughs) More like a... No, never mind. Say it. (laughs) I won't. Okay, fine. The female show. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Was that not what you thought I was going to say? I don't know what it was going to be, but I am really sad for what I heard. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so we'd be getting tsunamis everywhere. We'd be getting hurricanes everywhere. So it'd basically be the most chaotic three days that you've ever lived, and it would just probably be absolutely terrifying. Although, you probably won't have to go to work, because it'd be close. <laughs> Dope. So that would be really cool. <laughs> then I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as it, like, so it would touch, okay? Right. So it would touch the ocean. We're just saying that she's going to land in the ocean, because why not? I mean, it's mostly ocean out there. Exactly. Um, she touches the ocean. Now, as she's sinking into the ocean, it's going to displace all the water in the ocean now. So she's only, she's not only displacing... The air, she's displacing the ocean. Oh no. So, flooding like you've never seen before. I saw this pic, like, for this for this situation, with the water levels being risen so much. Not to mention, Ceres has enough ice on it that it's equivalent to one-sixth of our oceans. So we would have one-sixth more ocean, like an extra dash of water in there. So basically, like the rock, the in America, the space from the Rocky Mountains to like the middle, so mm. like around Texas, that area, that area would be dry. The rest of it, except the Appalachian Mountains, would be completely underwater. So we see if we see this happening someday, we need to go to the Appalachian Mountains like stat because Ohio will be completely underwater. We will all be dead. <coughs> so we need to hightail. To the Appalachians. West Virginia. <laughs> Mountain mama. mama. Take me home. Country roads. <laughs> Earth. Now with 16% more water. Yeah. Get, get that extra deal, you know? Yeah. It's a better value. It's a better value for your Earth. That would, I mean, that would just suck. Everything would just, like, be underwater. Not to mention the crazy weather. And now you have everything underwater. And, and then, then now we live on a mountain. <laughs> and... There would be mountain ranges like you've never seen before because it would displace the crust. Oh. So like she sinks in the ocean, she starts displacing the crust. 
So as she's sinking into the crust more and more and more, every all the Earth's crust and mantle and everything is going to be pushed up more and more and more. So, like, you're going to get giant mountain ranges in the middle of the ocean. So there will be some fresh new mountains that we can yes, explore. Yes, fresh new mountains. We live in the mountains. We're going to be mountain people. We're going to be exploring all the mountains. If I say mountains one more time, we're gonna it's not going to sound the like it's <laughs> we breathe by the mountains. I mean, that's pretty fun. You'd probably survive this one. There's enough time if you had the means to be able to uproot your life. I mean, you'd be dead, so you'd have to uproot your life. But you just uproot your <laughs> life, <laughs> go to the mountains somewhere. Yeah. You'd probably be fine as long as you don't get, like, killed by a hurricane. Well, I mean, I imagine we would have a little bit of time before the water actually reaches here. So I, I think, like, you and me would have a little bit more time than somebody in, say, like, New York. But I honestly feel like it would be better to drive the other way. Like, away from the water, like, towards the Rockies. Oh, yeah, we could live in Texas. That'd be fun. Be dystopian, but it'd be fun. We we definitely get mugged in Texas. <laughs> in that scenario, it'd be anarchy. Let's go to North Dakota or South Dakota. Those are those areas would be safe. Okay, yeah. Let's go there. Like, what, seven people live in them combined? <laughs> we'd be sure. safe. <laughs> I think there's a few more people than that. Yeah. It may be like 9 or 10. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Maybe 12 during the holidays. <laughs> with, you know, visiting relatives. Uh, but yeah. That's, you know, that's what would happen. And you'd probably survive this one. I like this scenario. I like to see the impending doom of it all. Yeah. It's really good. And I also love in this scenario that the aliens want to destroy us, but they want to do it in the most ridiculous way possible. And they stick to it. They go through a lot of effort to make sure that Ceres is moving at one mile per hour and is staying intact as she falls. It's like the biggest prank ever. If you ask me, I would make those aliens a bunch of nerds. <laughs> nerds with your technology. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Do you want the brain cell back? No. Okay. <laughs> we, uh, so, tune in next time. How else could the world possibly end in the near future? Will anybody else top that death count from the Order of the Solar Temple? Find out next time. Thanks for watching!